0: Welcome to the crying in my cheesecake podcast. I am Danielle your host here and I will probably say it every week, but I really am grateful that you allow me in your ears and I don't ever want to get over what a privilege that really is. This past week, my family and I went to Legoland for vacation. Um, Obviously, 2020, we didn't get to do any vacations. And quite frankly, we were just trying to pay off a lot of debt last year. We kind of used the pandemic as a way to just take care of some things around the house and some things that needed to be done, right? And obviously, we couldn't really travel places. But also, we finally felt a little safer um, this spring of 2021, right? It is spring. And we decided to go to Legoland in Florida it's a place that my kids absolutely adore my husband and I actually enjoy it too and my kids and family are not really that big of um Disney people like we're not super Disney people we don't watch a lot of things on Disney um yes we pay for Disney plus but not going to for forever but we do have Disney plus and but well, we don't really find ourselves doing that and we actually have a formal dining room in our house that We used to call it the throne room and we call it the throne room because it was like a plate, like a palace and like a dancing ballroom kind of thing. And the kids have actually transformed that into a Lego room. And there are all these little, if you've been to Ikea, they're like little square tables i don't even know how to describe them they're probably like what two feet three feet by two and a half feet by two and a half feet little squares and there's some white ones and there's some black ones in there and then they've got the little ikea stools they sit on and they literally have like a city built um if they have anything like special legos then they have to be in their room away because otherwise it is community property down there so anything is fair game but all that to say we loved Legoland the first time we went and it was just a different kind of atmosphere it was very laid back just a lot of fun and this trip did not disappoint either and in my traditional ways I actually have a little note on um, my notepad on my phone of just some reflections of the time in Legoland and just what that meant and what that does for us and just some things that kind of came to mind. Um, when I said, you know, I went to Legoland with to some people and they're like, oh, where'd you go? And, they're like, and I said, well, we went to Florida and whatever. And then they're like, oh, that's so awesome. I'm so jealous. It's going to be so warm. And I looked at them and I'm just like, yep, it's going to be warm. It was 96 <laughs> the whole time we were there. 96 degrees, no rain. Like we didn't get any rain down there, which was, you know, magnificent. That doesn't really ever happen in such humid places. And when we got off the plane on Thursday, we got off the plane and I step into Cincinnati's air, you know, in that little uh, walk of the plane. And I'm just like, oh, pure luxury. The temperatures and the air that came across my skin felt like a silky scarf, just me, welcoming me into luxurious kind of living. Whereas in Florida, the best way I can describe Florida, especially in the summer and like late fall... It is like someone's wet tongue is always on you. From head to toe, you have a wet tongue attached to your body and it is the most uncomfortable situation. In fact, it created like this toxicity smell (laughs) from my body. And I told my husband, I said, "I I think I need one of those biohazard or biohazmat bags or whatever they're called. Those red ones, you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, I think I need one of those to take my clothes home in. I did I was very smart and I did just wear only workout clothes, you know, just like leggings and um tank tops and sports bras because I knew I would sweat. Like let's just be real. I also realized I'm not one of those moms that can wear fancy cute clothes to go to amusement parks with my kids. Like I know this. Remember that episode about the yellow jackets and trying to be the fun mom, someone I'm not? Um, I did not try to be anybody I'm not going to Florida, but I did like I was looking at some of these moms and that comparison came to mind. I was like, crap like she's super little and like she doesn't have sweat on her body why isn't she sweating why is she not sweating meanwhile i had beads of sweat all over my face all over my body and i had just walked maybe a quarter of a mile yeah i've got problems i've got a lot of problems but i did remember i still don't like 96 degree weather and i definitely need a northern home like mid i'm in the midwest if you don't know i'm in the midwest i'm in southwest ohio We have pretty decent temperatures, but where I'm at, there's a valley and it gets really hot, really humid, and it's like rainy all the time. You can expect rain. So if it's got, if there are blue skies out, I don't care if it's cold, hot, whatever it is, you're going to be outside because it's just, you don't get a lot of sun here, it seems like. So I still hate 96 degree weathers and I definitely want a Northern home. I just said weathers. I'm sorry about that. 96 degree weather. I want a Northern home. I've actually, it's been so bad. It got so hot here I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, it got so hot that I was on Realtor.com looking for houses in Wyoming and Montana. Like that's how serious I am. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like the heat. I was going to say that I wrote this down in my app and I said, I mastered 96 degree temps like a champ. And I don't, I, I wrote that and I was like, wait a minute, did I master it or did I just learn to acclimate properly? And I think that's what it was, is that I was prepared for it. It's one thing to be in hot weather and be prepared for it to sweat and whatever, but it's another to put makeup on and try to have perfectly straight hair or perfectly curly hair because I can go either way. I can go super curly or I can go straight. And most of the time you'll see me with my hair in a ponytail because I don't want to do either. I don't want to put the work in to do either. But curls, I would probably have some form of frizz and work. And you see what happens is, is um, if you ever, if you're ever with me and I've just showered and I, you know, I always air dry my hair. Almost always, I should say. But if you're ever with me and I have wet hair, just watch it. It grows. It grows its own, like ozone or something and I always talk I always tell people that you know when I do my hair and then I'm in that kind of humidity and that kind of heat like my own body creates its own humidity so then my hair just goes nuts and starts to kink up and curl and then it's not a cute curl it's a curl that's like when is the last time you washed your hair did you even do your hair so it's not even cute so no I didn't necessarily master the 96 degree temps but I did approach it like a champ I was prepared I did not put my hair down I even, I went swimming, I got my hair wet, all that kind of stuff. But something I did do, which is new for me. So again, if you don't know what I look like, I'm pretty much as pale as they come. Okay. Not as pale as they come. I used to get a really good tan when I was a child with sunscreen and everything. I would be very, very dark Brown. I do have freckles and that kind of stuff, but my skin would turn dark Brown. My dad's skin is always darker complected my mom was a- is always able to tan proper like really well and my brother does but i'm like this weird thing happened after i had kids and i <laughs> like it didn't matter what sunscreen i used i would burn and then this cool thing happened where my skin got sensitive and any sunscreen i put on it had to be a certain kind otherwise it would like prickle like these painful prickles would happen. And I didn't realize it until I started nutritional therapy school. And I'm, I'm finishing my third term today. Um, I should be taking my exam right now, but this is on my mind and I wanna clear my mind first. In nutritional therapy school, I'm learning um, just how important cholesterol is, just how important the liver is and plays in that and the pancreas and all these, how all the organs work and all of this stuff. So I was just practicing um, because cholesterol from our meats and our fats that we eat help our skin turn that cholesterol, that cholesterol turns the sunlight in our skin to vitamin D so we can make our own. Okay. And many of us are on cholesterol medicines. I am not, but my husband is, my husband never used to burn. He's a 16th native American. And if, if you know anything about that, they kind of have darker complected skin. Anyway, my husband never burned until he started taking cholesterol medicine. Anyway, all that to say by supporting my liver properly, I didn't even have to reapply sunscreen and I didn't burn. How cool is that to this woman who has I've always burnt it like I said it doesn't matter what I did and I used um think sport I'll put that I'll link that down the bottom but think sport is a mineral and it's like uh rates like one I think on the EWG website meaning it is very like safe for you and so forth but anyway I put that on once for the whole day and I didn't get burnt the only time I did get a little bit of burn was when I was in the water and I forgot to apply um some sunscreen on the top part of my scalp you like where the hairline and the top of the forehead is that's the only place i had a little bit of redness Threw some beauty counter vitamin c serum on top of that that night the, and i was totally fine next day no burn no nothing and i actually got some color which was very encouraging to me that i got some color back in my skin so all that to say support your liver and support your liver well because it matters in so many things it's you know we know that our liver is so important that If your liver starts to shut down, it's almost guaranteed that the next couple of organs or situations are going to start shutting down and then you die. That's how important the liver is. And so I think it's kind of important to take care of that liver. And I'm guilty of it too. I always think about supporting my heart and my muscles and everything, my bowels and my microbiome. And I'm not saying those things aren't important but if you support the liver the liver is going to support your guts your muscles and your blood sugar and your heart and everything else so some more things I was just as I'm as I am looking through my notes here we midwesterners we find each other quickly I could have sworn to you I could have told you where everybody was from because Everybody was talking and just very that the hospitality of Midwesterners. I'm a Hoosier by birth and most of my adulthood and Hoosier hospitality is a real thing. Like it is a real thing that everybody will say hi to you and whatever. And I could have told you which Midwestern state many of these people were from because it was really cool. I don't care what ethnicity they were. They were still (laughs) Midwestern folks. Something that kind of struck me and I already know. But it was really bothersome. So the kids and the kids and I and my husband, we all stayed in the Legoland hotel. I would do that over and over and over again because they made it so easy. There were so many amenities for the kids, but even more for the parents. And it was just it was a very comfortable and it felt like it was, um, I don't know, it felt very luxurious that we didn't have to worry about anything. But what stood out to me were the amount of parents who, one, were on their phones and disengaged from their kids, and the kids would do anything to get their attention. You know, the normal like, hey, mom, look at me this stupid flip in the pool, or hey, mom, look at me, I, I just built this little teeny tiny tower that whatever, it's not cool. It's not m- magnificent. We don't think it is. But when something okay, so when I'm thinking about this as parents, the more attention we give our kids, the more independent they will be. And I'm not talking about coddling attention. I'm talking about that attention like, oh, that's really cool. Or, oh, that tower, you can build that. What else can you build with it? Or encouraging them to build on or to do more. Because when our kids feel comfortable enough that we are going to pay attention to them with their stupid flips in the pool, they're going to come to us for the things that matter. The things that are scary, the things that are hard, and they're going to trust that we're going to be engaged. All of that kind of conditioning happens when we are young. And if you think about it, if you had some... If you had parents that weren't always engaged with you and weren't always present with you, did you feel comfortable enough going to them? If they weren't there in the little things, did you go to them for the big things? Did you feel supported in the big things? Did you feel supported in the little things? And think about that connection there. The other thing too, that I think frustrated me was that I feel like our, I need to quit saying what I feel like. What frustrated me was that the amount of people who put phones or electronics in front of their kids at dinner, at the dinner table, what the heck? The dinner table is the place of fellowship, the place where we can laugh and have fun and um, have competitions on the the kids' little word search papers. And if you haven't done that, if you haven't for a very long time had a kid's uh, menu or paper in front of you in a while, grab one. You can do that with your husband even or with your spouse or your friend and build conversation and community. Grab that word search and try to see who can get done first and then deal with the person The child or the person that doesn't know how to lose well. Teach them how to be a a good loser. Teach them how to, what they could have done better next time. Teach them everything is always an opportunity. And it was so sad. There were kids in high chairs looking at their mom and dad's phones. And then I was annoyed because then I had to listen to these stupid YouTube videos while I was trying to enjoy my family and my vacation. So if you're one of those parents that puts screens in front of your children, I would encourage you to change the script, flip the script, be present. You created those beans, enjoy them create them to be or help guide them to be people you love and enjoy to be with. The thing I was, I was just talking to a client earlier and I said, you know, when our clients act like, when our clients, when our children act like jerks are super annoying, when there is a problem going on and you're just like, and you're fed up and you start to want to yell, I can guarantee you, sure, sometimes the kids are jerks, don't get me wrong, but they are jerks for a couple of reasons, just like us. They're jerks because one, They're bored and they don't know what to do or they don't have something. They can't access the creativity of something to do. They don't know what's next. They don't know what's expected of them next. Second of all, the other reason they could be is because they're tired they could just simply be tired and want a break. Cool. You get a break too. The other thing too is that they can start acting fussy and funky and so forth. And when they act like that, it's usually because you're not giving them enough attention enough of that quality attention. And so I was thinking about that too with some of the parents that were there um, at the pool or at the bar or wherever we were. And there is a bar there and you aren't allowed, the parents are not allowed. There's no like drunk or drunkenness allowed to happen. So everything's pretty well, um, what do you call that? Uh, Monitored, I guess. Um, And they even have like an awesome mocktail list, by the way. So And there's this thing called Seedlip that they use inside their mocktails so it tastes like you're having the alcohol and there's no alcohol. It's really cool. I As I was looking at some of the moms specifically at the, at, the, at the bar and the restaurants and things, and I was like, you know, there's this thing called wine culture and moms. Moms, and you know, tomorrow, I'm recording this on Saturday before Mother's Day of this year, and there's this thing about moms who wine culture is okay. We can blame everything on the kids and go to wine we can go and say, yep, mom and wine, mom, need a mom's night out to drink because my kids are so terrible. Well, who created those kids? God did, I know, but who created that behavior in those kids? Who is not being present with those kids? And I'm not sorry, I almost said it, but I'm not sorry, but it's not okay to use your kids as a reason for drinking. Because you know what they're going to do is they're going to come back. And in this day and age of social media, they're going to see you drinking and and have all these archive posts and all of these things that you can get back. And they're going to be like, Oh, I'm drinking because my mom or my mom's drinking because of me. Was I really that bad? Man. And then think about it too. Like, Oh, so then it's going to start another cycle of, well, that's how my mom copes. So that's what I'm going to do. That's not okay. There are so much more out there other than drinking and blaming kids on the drinking. Um let's see what's next. Oh, the phones at the table, speaking of phones at the table. There I didn't see much genuine interaction in families much anymore. And the ones I did I took note of quickly because they seemed genuine. They seemed like they cared and they appreciated what was in front of them. There was a family specifically that I'm going to like recall that they were so um, I don't know if they were an extended family or how it was, but they were so genuinely involved with each other. No one was on their phones. No one was on, you know, the people that were sitting at the, uh, you know, the pool side ta- or beds or whatever. No one was scrolling internet of any sort, any Instagram, um, Facebook, nothing. No, everybody was fully present, laughing and and just joking and having a good time. And then it was really cool to see the connections with that family. But then it was very like, it was like the stark contrast of this other family or these other families that would sit and talk, or I'm sorry, sit and not talk. They just sat and not talked. What? Um, I met Alaskans, by the way, we were at the carousel and Del wanted, my youngest wanted to ride the carousel. And I was starting like, it was the first ride of the day. And <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm dying. And the Alaskans were like, oh, this is awful. But they weren't sweating. How is that possible? Do people in Alaska sweat? Because I think I need a northern home up there. Maybe I need to go there. I don't know. I just need myself some mountains and some cool weather. How about that? So I'm sorry that this is like completely everywhere and whatnot. But it's just kind of a running reflection of my vacation. Um, So I'm going to keep going. I, of course, watch people's eating patterns, um, including my own. And I think that we all tend to sit at a table and act like we're never going to get this food again. Oh my gosh, this is so good. It wasn't the best, but it's so good. We're never going to get it again. Even when we know darn well, that the same food's coming again tomorrow. And the thing I can't Put out of my mind is that it's very clear that these kind of people like me are the overweight ones, the ones that are obese, the ones that are clearly on some kind of medicine or should be or are avoiding going to the doctor because they're scared. But this gentleman next to me, um, again, these these two parents were kind of disengaged of their of their kids, but it was a family style breakfast. He didn't even use the tongs to get his food. He just used his hands and pulled food out. And it was it was as if he wasn't gonna eat again. And I don't understand that. And um I don't understand why we in Western culture think that we're gonna starve. Even our poorest, the poor, still have access to food. And I'm not sure where that came from, if that we're constantly wanting abundance and wanting to have that stockpile in the in the house. And then I think about my family growing up, like our cabinet. I swear in that pantry at my parents' house, there's probably still stuff in there from when I was a kid. Why do we have to ha- why do we have such stocked pantries and yet still think we need more? That's interesting. Another thing I noticed, similar uh, similar topic is that there were a lot of parents that were sitting aside while their kids were having fun and it was because they they probably couldn't fit on the rides um just by looking you know just by looking and that may not have been the case that's that's fine but i noticed more so now, this time because there weren't any lines like there were no lines for any for anything um they even cut down the line you know the slalom to get to the front of the line of the rides and there were still a lot of people sitting on the sidelines. And it was just interesting that we have created a place or an acceptable thing that it's okay for mom and dads to sit on the sidelines of life and not undo life with their kids. And then that correlation of handing the kids the phone and not doing life at the dinner table together. And then that correlation of doing life and then drinking because the, we don't have a connection with the kids because they're they're craving it and they're having certain behaviors that are demanding that that connection. And we don't see it as that. And then we just are constantly disconnecting from one another. And I think that this vacation taught me that disconnection is only a few decisions away. Disconnection in my marriage, disconnection in my relationship with my children, disconnection from reality is only a few clicks, a few decisions, a few moments away. And I have to actively engage and be an active part of life in order to not be disengaged, right? And I think that we forget that we have that we don't get to sit and things just come to us. Because we've sat all day on our computers. We've sat all day on our phones. We've sat all day at work. We've sat all day in the car. We've sat, we've sat, we've sat, and things just come to us. For crying out loud, we don't even have to go to the dang uh, mailbox anymore because we can send a letter in in our emails. We don't have to go to the store anymore. We can have groceries delivered to us. We don't have to go to the drive-thru anymore. We can have food delivered to us. We can sit and have everything come to us. If 2020 didn't teach us that, if you miss that in 2020, we were taught that everything can come to us, that we don't have to go. And, and I'm thinking right now in my mind, if you were a basketball, if you played basketball at all, or if you were in athletics at all, if you don't step to the pass, so someone's passing to you, if you don't step in to catch that ball, someone can step right in and take it from you. That's what disconnection is. Disconnection can come from and steal the ball from you because you're sitting there waiting for goodness and all of these things to come. We don't cultivate relationships by sitting. We don't cultivate relationships by being on our phones. We don't cultivate um, relationships and long-term connections by handing people electronics to entertain them instead of engaging with them. And I am forever grateful that I never started the phone at the table with my children. I'm grateful that my kids are actually people I want to hang out with. I'm grateful that, that my husband and I are on the same page. I'm grateful that I can laugh and belly laugh with my kids as if I'm belly laughing with friends. I'm grateful that I don't need alcohol as a crutch. I'm grateful that I don't need food as a crutch. I'm grateful that I don't need to do anything other than to step in to living. You know, Legoland, Legoland is something that is a place for for families to laugh and enjoy. Legoland for us, for me specifically, was to shut down the outside world and enjoy my family with stuff to do that was already ready to go. But it doesn't have to be Legoland. It could be Friday night game night in your home. Maybe that's where everyone leaves the phones in one room and everybody goes and plays board games somewhere else. Where they can just laugh and tease each other and have a good time and get to know the personalities and teach and and all of that. Maybe it's that you go away for a minute or for a couple of days as a family or even as yourself. Legoland, Florida was fun, albeit hot, but it was fun and it was full of a lot of reflection, a lot of um, gratitude, and it was full of a lot of just restoration, Thank you for listening to the Crying in My Cheesecake podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can send Danielle a virtual cup of coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com/cimc.